Well, good afternoon, everyone. And wherever you are, it could be evening or morning, but um, this is Jeff and this is But the Podcast, where we don't make excuses and we don't let our big butts get in the way. I have the privilege uh, this afternoon to be sitting here with someone I met um, a little over a week ago, uh, playing music, listening to her sing and so forth and found out a little bit about her story and uh, quite the uh, adventurer um, that we're going to be uh, listening to today a little bit. Um, Grace McGill from Mount Airy, Massachusetts. Uh, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. I'm sorry, the MA got me, threw me off a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> Mount Airy, Maryland, and by way of, I think, South America. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, most recently was in Ecuador for six months, and um, I'm kind of a vagabond, I guess. Mm. A nomad, wow. yeah. Wow, wow. So, and then now you're in Melbourne, Florida, uh, yep. finding a way there. And you just got off of the uh, surf this afternoon, I did. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm lucky enough. I got I got to go out this morning. It's a beautiful day here, and the waves are really great. Um, yeah, super grateful. I got to go in the water and surf for. A, I, I was in there for like an hour and a half. Wow! And you yeah. told me you had a, a wetsuit, partial wetsuit on, just so you would kind of try to stay a little bit warm because that water is not cold, not warm right now, is it? Yeah, no, it, it's cold, especially getting in. Um, it's a little shocking at first, but I, I do have um what they call like a shorty wetsuit so mm -hmm. uh so my arms and chest are covered and it's it's great it actually feels really refresh refreshing once you're in yeah. and get used to it such a nice thing to be in florida at the end of november and you can get in the get in the water and surf i mean oh you know, yeah yeah travel this north time of year <laughs> and travel <laughs> north a little bit you know they're they're, sh they're scraping their windshields I know. I, for, I forget how cold. I mean, I grew up, I spent 18 years in Maryland and two years in Vermont. And I honestly forget what it's like, how cold it actually gets in the winter up there. Mm -hmm. So super grateful to yeah. be here. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. And it's great to meet you. Um, and as we talked the other night, um, I got to hear you sing a little bit. We got to talking, found out that you have been employed. We won't say where, but it's a very responsible job as as a as a scientist as as an engineer as a someone who was really involved in that line of work um, yeah. what would you like to say about that or if you want to comment a little bit yeah so so i do many many things in in my life i'm i i was my parents raised me to believe i can i can do anything i want to in this world and i really have um uh, so my my degree is in oceanography, and I was um, an oceanographer for for the Department of Defense for a little bit, and uh, I am currently um, a secretary for a nonprofit in Ecuador that is preserving the indigenous cultures and lands, um, and I'm a coastal scientist for them. So I'm using those oceanographic skills to preserve um, the ecosystem along the coast, the coastal systems of, of Ecuador now. Um, so yeah, that that's my background in science. I do a lot of other stuff around here. I'm a I'm a yoga instructor, uh, a Reiki healer, meditation coach. Um, and and I've also been in the entertainment industry for a while as a hair and makeup artist. I've kind of just done it all. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I've had a crazy journey and I'm so grateful. And, I, and I'm at a point where now 
I'm seeing how I can really do all of it together like at the same time for a while I felt like I had to choose one or the other and that was really difficult um but but now now it's now it's all coming together and yeah, now you have grateful. you have a little cheering a uh, little cheering committee in the background I know that's got he's got a little more amplified since uh you I first know. started talking his little I know does he want to go back in or something what is it yeah 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 I'll be I'll be right I'll do that real quick oh no worries I'm gonna pause this sure so we're going to re-record, start recording okay. again, and then I can edit some of this out. So he was chasing a squirrel or he wanted to chase a squirrel? Yeah, yeah. He he loves chasing the squirrels. Yeah. Right. So so as I was uh, meditating here for a moment while you were doing that, I um, I was understanding now why I wanted to call this a, uh, this interview a, a, a window into grace um, because uh, you are uh, multi uh, faceted and there's lots of parts to you and um you know it just occurred to me while you were saying you know oceanographer because I, I didn't know what science that you were involved in it's mm -hmm. oceanography wow um and you were you studied uh i'm sure the chemistry of the ocean all the stuff that you know goes yeah. into making it what it is and you probably also studied like the mammals and the animals and the, all the different uh fish and yeah. stuff that lives in the ocean and and you know that sharks exist in the ocean and, and you still went out surfing today i know i did yeah that that's the that's the only fear i i learned how to surf in ecuador and along the coast of ecuador where where i live when i'm there we don't really have many sharks over oh, there right? um okay. we have big manta ray um, but here in Florida, you know, the shark attack capital of the world, I do get a little bit nervous. Definitely. Right. I'd, I'd be out there more often. Um, I try to go when there's a lot of other people in the water. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm working my way into the surf community to make more friends who are also surfers. So, nice. so yeah. So surfing started in Ecuador and, yeah. and, uh, did you actually see, uh, when you fell off your board, did you actually see manta rays swimming around in there? You know, not while I was surfing, but I have been snorkeling there mm -hmm. and huge. I mean, I saw one that was as big as a school bus down there. Huge manta rays. All right. I want yeah. my listeners to hear that. She just said she saw manta ray as big as a school bus. Yeah, <laughs> super big. It's really incredible. And then I was there over the summer during whale season and the humpback whales oh. have their migration down there. So oh. um, where I stay in Ecuador, it's, it's ocean front and you can literally see the whales breaching from the balcony and and it's it's really amazing. Yeah. Oh. So whale watching from your balcony. Like, yeah. There's no need to go out in a ship like up there. And, you know, I, I was actually in Gloucester at one point in the 1990s and went out on a whale watching expedition you know and got the i got the ride on the front of the boat you know yeah you know breaking the way and everybody yeah. was, <laughs> and they said you could do that if you want um mm -hmm. and i wasn't even attached they didn't have any, anything attached to me i'm just holding on i think my i think my then wife was became my ex-wife but i think she was hoping i would secretly be flipped off that thing <laughs> Did you, did you see any whales though? Was we it did. Successful? We did. We did. But those, those, with the crest of the waves, they were, I mean, they were 50 feet. Yeah. You know, way down and you look up and you see the big tall and the thing goes way up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I, oh man. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but it was big. They were. Oh, I, I believe it. I've been on many, many ships in my life and, um, 
every time I get back on, like when I did go on a whale uh, watching tour over the summer, even though I can see them from the balcony. And every time I get back on a boat, I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm back on a boat. I told myself I'd never go back on a boat. <laughs> and then here I am. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. what it is with oceanography, right? But it yes. is, it, I've never been able to get too comfortable. I, I don't get seasick at all, but mm. um, it is a bouncy ride all the time. It's bouncy and it's, you get wet no matter what. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah but it's being out there on the ocean and it's the the feeling of adventure and pioneer and go for it you know whatever yeah <laughs> yeah for for a while at one point i was doing um supporting work that was out in the middle of the gulf of mexico and you i can't remember how far we were but you can't see land anywhere and i was living out there and um i remember thinking to myself oh my gosh like if water world was a real thing that movie Waterworld, right? And you had to just live on the boats and and it made me have a really big appreciation for land. Um, super grateful for my experiences, of course, on the water and I love the water. I'm one with the ocean, but uh, definitely gives you a greater appreciation for being on land too. Yeah, I, I, I really, I can imagine that. Um, and then you got into oceanography uh, to, mm -hmm. to, because it's like, uh, Wow, it just sounds like it's part of you. And, uh, yeah, always loved the ocean. Um, always wanted to give back to Mother Earth and and wanted to live coastal, right? I wanted to be by the beach, so why not choose a career that has to has to be by the beach, right? Right, right. And then you and then you were. Uh, there's so many directions we could go, Grace. Um, yeah. Um, and and you haven't mentioned yet the fact that you're really a songwriter, aspiring songwriter, musician. Uh, you play and sing and you do open mics. Uh, that's how I met you with um, our friend Steve Hodak. Um, I'll mention him. We give him a shout out here. Yeah, uh, super all, grateful for Steve. All his open mics here in uh, Cape Canaveral and up and down Cocoa Beach, all the way to Melbourne. Uh, yeah. He goes <clears throat> and over in the Cocoa Village. But anyway, so we could go a lot of different directions. Um, and I, I know you mentioned something about writing. You know, you have in, mm -hmm. inspired uh, thought about being a writer, trying to write a uh, kids book at some point um yep. but yeah so that's amazing um i was just thinking um what what is your because as a scientist you have to be concerned about um the environment and you know what's what's really at stake and what what are your you know what are your thoughts about you know what we could do as a civilization as a as a global community to kind of turn around some of the stuff that's going on in the uh, barrier reef and uh, other places that are mm -hmm. seeming to, you know, I, and I'm not a scientist, so I, I just know the hearsay is that these things are like dissolving or uh, yeah, losing, yeah. losing their beauty. So what's yeah. your thought about all that? Well, you know, I mean, I, I went into science because I was super interested in climate change and wanted to really help our environment. And this was back in 2009 when I started college and it's just it's just grown since then and um, you know we're on this cyclical thing with um, the environment and the world but it is being uh, anthropogenically increased the rate right and so really um, a big thing I think nowadays is just being aware of our consumption um, of things whether it's um, 
plastics or, or clothing, like the manufacturing of new things, because there isn't a way for us to really dispose of it properly. And, and that's really harming our oceans and our environment and also our health, because oftentimes when we recycle, it'll actually get shipped to India or uh, where people are getting paid less than an, a dollar an hour. And to get rid of the plastic, they just burn it. And they, that this, these chemicals are now being released into our atmosphere. And, and the, the amount of microplastics that we actually consume each day, whether it's through our water that we're drinking or through the air we're breathing, we all have some plastic in us now. And, um, so really that's that's the biggest thing I think with 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 someone who with with people who aren't as familiar or have a scientific background and really want to help. I think the biggest way to help is to stop buying plastic. You know, we don't need any more plastic to be made. Um, you know, we really don't. And um, just being aware of, of what you're consuming, how much clothing you're buying, where you're buying it from, and also how to dispose of it, uh, whether it's uh, giving it to people who need it. Um, and and that's, that's a huge contribution. And, a, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, we live in a beach town. So, um, you know, leave only your footprints. And if you see trash, even if it's not yours, just pick it up. And, and I, I always go with um, a, a bag and, and I'll, I'll walk around the beach just to fill up one bag of trash before mm. I leave. Mm. And mm. It, it's really fast and it's, but it, it helps, it helps so much. And it's also a little pathetic that you have to do that, right? Yeah. Like, I we're mean, people, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, I've realized as I'm, as I'm getting older that everyone was brought up differently, right? People don't have as much access to education and different things. So, so I don't blame them, but also that's one of, one of my reasons working with this nonprofit now is really to educate, especially communities like in Ecuador who might not have the same schooling that we do or the same you know, opportunities to right. really educate about how they can contribute um, and make make better choices yeah. um not yeah. not that not that they're like destroying they're not destroying it but you know for example the fishing fishing industry how to take care of your your lines and, and the plastic a lot of that part of the world you know relies on the fish they they're fishermen and um you know there's so much fishing line all over the place the different yeah. plastic netting and just learning how to um really dispose of that or, or reuse it or just or just be mindful of it and, and right. a lot of them are Got you it. know they, they um but just implementing um more of that like uh routine uh there right. um and even here you know like you said what are people thinking you know <laughs> <laughs> we have great great systems of trash systems and everything like that and people still choose not to use them and my hands uh, were full when i was walking up here a little while ago um i i've been out and did a couple of errands and came up and my hands were full walking in and i looked down and there's a a smashed pepsi plastic thing and i'm i wish i could reach down and grab it but yeah I'll, I'll go down and I, now that you know i will i was thinking about it anyway um going back down and get it but then the, our interview was scheduled and i was like i don't mm -hmm. have time right this second but i will definitely promise you that i will pick it up 
when I go well, back down there you. and thank do that. You. Yeah, yeah. It's, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's not just that's just not the first time we're inspired necessarily by you, but I, I do get it, you know. But I just I just wonder, you know, where people are thinking, you know, what they're yeah what's going on. I, in, I just I think like they that. don't they're not really aware of how much it contributes. Um, I had an idea that I hope to put out uh, one day about. Um, you know, having, I wanted to have this show, this science show where I'd be the host. And, and I, it, it is bringing the main um, problems in like climate change to like your front door, right? So like we might not, uh, the, you know, the polar bears are the, you know, the face character, right? Of this right. problem. People don't see how right here in Cocoa Beach or Melbourne, Florida, they're contributing. So going through something like okay so our, our pesticides you know your daily household use or consumption and what's that what is that doing to the indian river lagoon right here like the things that right. we use every day here and i think that that would actually i kind of be i don't want to say a slap in the face but hopefully open people's eyes to seeing that we do have choices and we do contribute to our environment and it's not just the ice caps and the polar bears that there's significant changes happening right here in the indian river lagoon you know and, and they talk about the ecosystem right it's mm -hmm. it's just not little points of this and that it's all as you know uh even in quantum theory you know the whole idea is that everything's related you know, right. it's, it's a system. It's not this little piece over here, but this little piece over here gets affected and it affects the piece over here. And right. how, how does that happen? Um, I mean, I remember seeing years ago that the whole idea of the, um, <clears throat> the mobile, you know, the, the mobile that hangs up and you, you touch a little part of the mobile and this side, this side will go out of balance, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll move to, and then you, so it's, it's being able to appreciate and be able to, to teach that, you know, um, and to, to illustrate it somehow so that people actually do understand their 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 carbon footprint, you know, right. and that it's just not about big companies and big industry that's making, uh, you know, it hard on everyone, but it's we're all we're all kind of doing that. Yeah, exactly. And and it's and we can't really control other people, right? To so we have to start with ourselves. And mm -hmm. people care <clears throat> when it starts to affect us as individuals that's when people really want to care whether whether it's right or wrong and we wish that they would start earlier people care when it affects them so being able to say hey yeah this ecosystem is a system so you might not see how you know the the hypoxic you know environment in the IRL affects you right now but look look at the fish you're eating you know we can't really eat fish from there if we go fishing because they're consuming all these pollutants and then we're going to consume it by eating them and yeah so it's a big cycle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my spiel about that. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Put on pump. Um, let's move on. Uh, yeah. You know, as a as a uh, let's see, um, as a uh, artist, you know, um, music's really important to you. I, yes. I take it. Music. You're singing. Uh, the other night, I I listened to you sing uh, uh, this Frozen Two theme. Yeah. You know, you did it. You did it playing the guitar, and then the next. The next time I heard you sing it, you got you got some accompaniment uh, from our friend uh, Mr. Beckwith, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was nice. And uh, but so it was so nice. Thank so you. you have, yeah, you have quite quite the talent. Um, so talk about music a little bit. 
Um, yeah. How did you so, get interested in? Well, you know, I've been a singer my entire life. I that's what I wrote in the time capsule in first grade. I wanted to be this famous singer, right? <laughs> and um, and so I've sang my entire life. And I, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was fifteen, so I could put music go. to what I was writing. And um, I tried for a really long time, and then I think I got a little bit discouraged along the way, but. Recently, I have rediscovered it because I, I, I had all this pressure on myself that I had to be like this great thing. And that pressure I was putting on myself actually made me stop doing it altogether. I, I, it wasn't joyful for me anymore. Hmm. And um, we had talked before about how COVID, you know, the pandemic, the, 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 the time I got to spend thinking about my values and what I want in life, hmm. that really opened my eyes to to seeing, I love singing. I think I have a beautiful voice. I love singing and and writing, and I want to do it just because it's a talent I was given. I, you know, I was born with, and I might not have a voice forever, and I want to do it. And so, actually, it was interesting. Is I met Steve Hodak from I went on a date with Eric last year, ah. and uh, our second date, he invited me to go to open mic. And I went with him and I brought my guitar and I wasn't sure if I was going to sing or not because I hadn't played in a really long time. And I and I was there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I got up, Steve let me sing and I sang and, you know, it wasn't my best set, but I sang. And then after that, Steve was like, you know, this is what you need to be doing. This You're made for this. And, uh -huh. and Steve has been such a... He's been an angel, honestly. Mm -hmm. He's been so supportive and mm -hmm. so motivating. And I remember I got in my car and I left and I was driving home and I called my mom and I cried. And I was like, mom, I'm like, I know I'm good and everything, but it's just so nice to like hear other people say like, wow, this, you know, this is what you need to be doing. And it was just that confirmation of like that sole purpose of that, I knew from as a kid that this is what I should be doing. And yeah. now, you know, I've been writing for a long time about my stories and my life experiences and my journey into mindfulness and and mental health and how that's all really changed my life and, and made it so I was a, I'm able to do all these different careers, all these things I've wanted to do. And now I'm learning how to write music about it because my I want to be able to change and inspire other people, um, whether it's inspiring or motivating or or helping them feel a little less alone if they're going through problems and and just to be relatable. And whether that's through writing music and singing it or writing it on my blog or in a book or in a children's book, you know, I finally feel like I'm living what I was put here on earth to do. I want to, and, I want to give you the kudos to say what well, thank you for just saying all that and 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 blessing in a way blessing yourself and you know knowing that Steve said that to you it's really that's really important but I want to call I want to call your attention to something you said about five minutes ago or maybe 10 minutes ago now mm -hmm. you said we can't change people right you know we know we can't change people but then you just said I want to inspire people mm-hmm Talk about the relationship, if you can, at, at this stage of your life, um, the relationship between inspiration and change. Yeah, I believe change is something that 
is just part of our life, right? Everything's impermanent. And, um, and change is good. All stress can be good. It can create these good, these even better things in your life. And, and what I mean by I can't control other people is, is through my own traumas and the past and therapy I've learned I, I can't have expectations for other people and I can't make their choices for them and control them but I can I can lead I can be a good role model and I can share the um, the things I have learned or my experiences as a way to maybe inspire other people so that they cultivate that desire to change within themselves yes. because we, we can, we control ourselves and our choices. And sometimes we do need that outside motivation. Yep. And ultimately, you know, it is like a pat on the back to when you feel that desire to change within you. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it's, a, it's a practice, right? I'll have right. some days where, I don't want to work on what I want to be working on and I'll pray or I'll write and be like, please, I hope I have, you know, I have the energy to do this. And then mm -hmm. one day I wake up and I feel motivated again. And I'm so grateful that I have that feeling and that drive back and being able to be aware of that and be grateful for that mm -hmm. of like, okay, now, now I'm ready to do it. And now I'm going to take action. And so, so that's where the inspiration comes from is, is, I, I want other people to be aware of those feelings too mm -hmm. inside. Can you talk about, can, if I don't want to interrupt you, I get it. No, it's but totally can you fine. talk about, can you talk about um, maybe somebody that inspired you? Okay. Or yeah. Yeah. Um, or something you read or a book or a philosophy yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so I started this journey like almost five years ago now through through Tara Brock, who's a psychotherapist, and she has podcasts I listen to a lot and books, and and I read a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh, and and through some through a book that Thich Nhat Hanh wrote, um, "You Are Here" and also "No No Mud No Lotus," which is about grief and suffering, and so mm -hmm. we can't uh, we can have a lotus without the suffering, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's something he said in the beginning of the book uh, that was. A lot of times we associate success or happiness with with um, our role in society or fame and wealth and and it resonates but uh, but a lot of those people you know who do achieve those things you know a lot of famous people some commit suicide yeah. and it's this it, the, the the happiness and joy doesn't come from outside things it comes from within and mm -hmm. and that resonated with me because i had put this pressure on myself with singing to be this famous person and mm -hmm. and then i stopped doing it and and i read this at a time when i was in ecuador a place i never thought i'd be and it just was like okay well what if i dropped what i had associated happiness with and tried to cultivate it from within just mm -hmm. like what Thich Nhat Hanh was saying mm -hmm. um and that really helped me let go of things that I didn't even realize were holding me back I felt like holding on to that dream of fame if I were to let it go then it meant that I wasn't working hard enough or that I was being irresponsible to my dreams right. when actually that idea was actually holding me back so letting that go actually opened my entire world to these opportunities that I had been blind to because I was so focused on this one thing that was actually causing me suffering. 
Yeah. If that if that makes any sense, I hope it I does didn't make, go on too it much. It makes of a whole a heck tangent. of a lot of sense. And I'd be curious that, that people are listening to you talk, uh, you know, on this what they're what they're recollecting and you know what they can relate to in their own life, um, because um, I don't know. I you know I talked a little bit about this, but we live in a in a very difficult time. I think when people are trying to be happy and they're trying to collect, they're trying to, you know, um, but a lot of times it's it's an externally motivated, I, I think of it as an externally motivated operation, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to turn people around, I mean, to turn us around somehow, to be able to to live from within and to try to find the anchor spot, you know, inside of ourselves, it's just, we're not conditioned that way. The society doesn't lead us that way. People don't generally lead us that way. We don't get rewarded for that. Right. Um, so Grace, I wanna, I wanna spend the last uh, few, 10 minutes or so we got, uh, uh, to listen to you talk about, I think, you know, you went through a big change, you said five years ago, um, mm-hmm. and you did some radical things to put yourself in this position. And yeah. I don't want to overstate it, um, but I want you, I want to give you a chance to talk about what did you leave behind? What did you let go of? What, how were you able to do that? And, and let's talk about yeah. what that's resulted in. Yeah, so so I started my journey, like you said, five years ago. My sister suggested that I listen to Tara Brock, and I just kind of started incorporating that slowly into my life. Um, and it was it was a slow process at first, and I really didn't even know what was going to happen. I didn't know what changes were going to happen or anything. This was all new to me. Um, and then I went through a really dark time in 2018, um, one of the darkest times of my life, and 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 all i could do was just keep listening and then hope that one day i would see these changes right um and and it was about really believing having this faith in the in the readings or or the philosophy and this faith in myself that i too can change and that i can create my own life now let me ask you a quick question in here yeah inserting this question because it's important it sounds like it was a choice. It was almost like you chose to do this instead. I'm wondering, you know, talk about Tara Brock. What was yeah. she saying that that you felt connected to that helped you do the work, do the things that you needed to do yeah. to get to where you are? What yeah, was she so talking about? Yeah. She we talk she talks a lot about different emotions, whether it's anger, stress, or suffering and she um, has this thing called RAIN. And so when we, it's an acronym for when there's these feelings. So I had a lot of despair, a lot of hopelessness in, in 2018, especially. And um, RAIN is, a, you recognize, okay, I'm feeling this despair, I'm feeling hopeless. You recognize that feeling and then you investigate it. Okay, well, why am I feeling that way? I'm feeling hopeless because I'm not making a lot of money. I have a lot of student loans. I don't have a place to live. These are all the personal things I was going through. Investigating why that's there and then allowing, allowing that feeling to be there because we're not just joyful and happy all the time, right? There's a yin and a yang. Happiness can't exist without suffering and despair. And so realizing that it's okay to allow these feelings there, they're a part of you. Um, but also to be to be aware that we can change them, right? By making this choice. Okay, I allow this to be here. I'm investigating what's the deeper reason 
where is this hopelessness coming from? Is it coming from a trauma I had many years ago? Or is it coming from a story I've been telling myself? A lot of times we create this suffering by telling us these ourselves these narratives that really aren't true. There's no fact there. So investigating, allowing, and then nurturing that feeling like um, like a baby and saying, okay, I care for you. I care for this hopelessness. Um, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to make it better. And so healing that suffering by cultivating mindfulness and 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 nurturing those emotions and and transforming them. It's a transformation. Um, so that's something that she really talks about a lot and that I started practicing. And then, um, you know, I saw a lot of changes, especially over the pandemic when I finally allowed myself to be still and and let go of that fear and then just recently i just sold everything i've ever owned <laughs> because because <laughs> i want to open up my life to i realize that there's things in my life that are want my attention that aren't part of my life anymore and i want to put my attention into singing into writing and these other things so opening up my world by getting rid of stuff that 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 is just holding me down yeah and so you said um that the practice of rain through mm -hmm. listening and meditating I'm, I'm thinking that that's when yoga became important also is that right right uh, yeah and so uh then you're you're getting to this point in your life where it's like i have to let go of the stuff mm -hmm. uh and um and so you did and and i want everybody to hear that um as a as kind of a modern uh example uh sometimes the you know the stuff is getting in the way right it's it, it's right. just you know what the story that we're telling ourselves you know or the story we're allowing to be put onto us i think that's that's a lot of a lot of uh of the illusion uh that that i can relate to also you know and we're we're i'm you're half my age <laughs> you know uh so what what coincides with this is this kind of discovery of this this need that we've had since I was your age and and mm -hmm. before of finding something that was deeper um that we weren't getting encouragement to find you know uh that at some point uh and this is for everybody listening you have to jump off in your own way to find it right right yeah it's it's, yeah. it's like no one and, and and the really cool thing is is once you do that um, you, and it's a leap, uh, you know, leap of faith. You want to call it a leap of faith or a leap, a leap of trust, a leap of, I'm going to say no to all this stuff that I think is necessary almost. Um, and I'm, I'm not really talking about anti, you know, like not anti-materialism, you know, because mm -hmm. we all need money. We all need to have a place to live. We need to have a, you know, comfortable right. place to live. And, 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 but, but we also need a community of people who are helping each other investigate. I like that word, right? Uh, R A I N. Uh, I was I was I was kind of on the edge, wondering what <laughs> the N was going to stand for, and I thought it was like now what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but it's nurture. Nurturing, so yeah. We, we need the we need the nurturing, not just we can nurture ourselves. It's great. We can do we learn to do that. It's so important. But when you mm -hmm. find other people that can be in a com community of conversation where everybody is paying attention to that, uh, whatever that is. And, right. and could support each other. Isn't that the kind of community? Isn't that the kind of world you want to build? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I feel like I found a lot of that through Open Mic. 
the people from open mic and from meeting you and and again i just put it out there to manifest that was one of my goals is i want to build a build a new group of friends and a support system and again this point came after investigating what my values are in my life and being brave enough and letting go of that fear and and one of the reasons i was able to do that is because i've seen the changes from letting go and the abundance that comes afterward already so now now i trust and have this faith so discovering those values is then i looked at the people around me where i was surrounding myself what i was doing and and decided you know what i am so grateful for the part of my life that this person or thing has been in but i'm not going to bring you into the future with me you know you're yeah. not you're not part of my next part because mm-hmm. and just being honest and not but being honest with yourself this is my life what do i want i want to surround myself with people who support me a community that that can also help me you know again keep on my game right yes. um because because i too i go through ebbs and flows every that's part of life yep um yep. and when you have the tools and the people that you can turn to who love and support you that that just makes it so much better and and it's so helpful yes and especially when the the you know um the fuel for it you know it's just like a it it's not and i keep saying and and iterating that it's not encouraged we don't we don't get the yeah. the support you know or the education uh you talk about Tara Brock um mm-hmm. the the guru or the person that i got a lot out of listening to over the last 3 or 4 years is Eckhart Tolle yes yeah and i um you know uh you know his whole thing about the ego the egoic personality and and you know you're in with these people and they're just it's like they're just asleep you know yeah, and so like Tikhan he says the zombies if you look around and you're aware <laughs> you'll see people who are living like they're already dead they're just walking around like zombies so yeah. and and it, we but we have to have compassion for those zombies and help them Absolutely. to see the deeper yeah the deeper and, and then the, the question always is you know am i just losing it if i just sometimes yeah you know sometimes <laughs> i am i just like are people going to start thinking i need to like be admitted to to an asylum or something but yeah. but i don't like i said i have such faith now and i trust myself and i trust the universe and everything because i've seen what happens like when i let go of that dream of fame it wasn't mm. i was letting go of this child that it wasn't irresponsible of me letting right. that go all this abundance and possibility i met steve i met open mics i've recorded yep. music now i met you like <laughs> all these things wouldn't have happened had i kept trying to hold on to something that really wasn't serving me yes. so so i i i don't think we're crazy yeah. I, i don't think we would experience all this great blessings and everything right. if if we were feeling the feeling of really being in sync with yourself is there's nothing quite like it right um and um you know it's, i i go ahead oh i was just going to say it's so it's so powerful yeah. um yeah it's taken me a long time you know kind of like again cycle recycle as when i was with it for and then i was off and then i was with it and it was off but you know it's it's like now it's I'm almost defiant now. It's it I just want to I want to keep this, you know, staying here and and the more I can just let go and just honor that 
place, it, the mm-hmm. more people show up, you know, the more, you know, the more energy I feel, you know, for my own creating things and, and writing, right. but you know, um, I, I want to title this podcast. I've already, I've already done it, uh, in my head and, and, uh, it's been a perfect conversation with you. Um, and you're welcome to come back sometime if you'd like, but I think we need to kind of wrap it up, but I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm calling this uh, a window into grace. So, I love it. uh, Grace McGill, um, you're awesome. Uh, you've been on a journey and, um, if there is one thing that people, if peering into the window, mm-hmm. they could see you. What would you want them to see? Um, I would want them to see someone who is alive and aware in my my being, you know, connected with nature and just and confident moving forward with with whatever path is in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone who embraces it all and and doesn't let societal systems or anything hold hold myself back or or constrict me to a box um that that i've proven i can go by beyond the box and i and i am still doing it and just that's awesome love compassion yeah surfing surfing yeah (laughs) mindful nature cool you know know, surfing really does a surfing really is a cool metaphor too for for balance you know riding uh, the waves yeah just being being on the wave and not leaning too far forward or too far back and just catching it just right and and being in the zone as they yeah, say. Yeah. So, and there's uh, always going to be, everything's impermanent. There's always going to be something else. Right. Um, real quick. I know we got to go, but there was, I was right. meditating this one time and it was about this guy I really liked. And, um, and in this meditation, like I was brought to this beach and there was a seashell I was going to pick up on the beach, but then I couldn't get to it in time. And the ocean took away this beautiful seashell. Right. And then I kept walking and an even more beautiful seashell popped up and I was able to grab that one. And that showed me this insight of like, if it doesn't work out with him, there's gonna be something even better around. And I think keeping that hopefulness in your heart in so many different areas, in all areas of life is really what can drive us all and propel us forward is that we are worthy, we, you know, and, um, and there's even greater things around the corner. Beautifully yeah. said beautifully said that's a great way to end our time thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much you're welcome the next beautiful step for all of us and you've been listening to but the podcast i'm jeff and this has been grace mcgill thanks grace thank you thank you so much Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview of But the Podcast, my interview with Grace McGill. And if you want to reach out to the show, perhaps you have an interesting story you'd like to tell, send an uh, email to nowimagine2020 at gmail.com and I'll look at it and uh, maybe get back to you. Don't forget this week, uh, November 30th through December 2nd, the Buckminster Fuller Institute will be in Miami. Uh, hosting a tent, uh, interaction, interactive act- activities, um, innovative artists, thinkers, presentations, um, and and things that we're doing to make the world work for 100% of the people, uh, 100% of the time. 
as Buckminster Fuller's dream and as we're kind of, in a way, thinking about Martin Luther King's vision also, that we would no longer judge by the color of our skin or the nationality or the the creed that we hold, but by the character that we manifest in the world. This has been Jeff, and you've been listening to But the Podcast. Until next time. Yeah.